Jack, another day, another FPL pod, post-Christmas, post-New Year. How you doing? Joshua, yep, yeah, great to be back. Great to be. <laughs> New Year's Eve <laughs> recorded. Um, getting ahead of yourself, love it. Uh, yeah, great to be back podding, Joshua. Um, yeah, it's been a hectic, hectic festive period for me. I know it has for you as well, but hopefully we're getting back to a bit of normality. And it's been manic in the FPL world, hasn't it? Game weeks thick and fast. Manic in a terrible way for, for me. I don't know. I oh, know dear. some people have managed to take the advantage of the madness, you know, get in amongst it and, yeah. you know, find ways to, to better themselves and their teams. Uh, that's not been the case for me. So no. I'm looking at this Christmas period and thinking the only thing good out of it was, you know, some lint chocolate. That was it, basically. Not, not nothing. Oh, Joshy boy. Oh, Josh. Well, lint chocolate's nice. I had Tony's chocolate this year. Oh, quite good, a lot Tony. of Tony's, which is nice, actually. It makes a change from that. I do miss the lint bunnies. Miss the bunnies, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it. But like you, Josh, I've had, it's been appalling. So we're talking really game week 19 and 20 here, I think, aren't we? Um, yeah. I don't think we've done a pod since just before game week 19. So we're going to cover both of those, aren't we? And how we've done and probably make our listeners feel good about themselves because we have not done very well in them. It's part of our job though, isn't it as well to, you know, lift the mood, lift the mood, yeah, make everyone feel better. And that's what we aim to do. So yeah, you've kind of alluded to the first part, but should I quickly run through what we intend to cover? Um, we're actually, I'll do it anyway. We're returning to our normal format now, Jack. So Exciting. we would normally review the last game week. We're going to review the last two because it's been manic. So game week 19, game week 20. Sure. And then we've got to return to the XG and XA stats. Um, some interesting changes from the last time we covered the stats. So that's going to be good to talk about. A few quickfire questions, a few key fixtures to cover, and then our game week 21 plans. Um, so yeah, nice back to return of the normal running order. Sounds great, man. Glad to be back to it. Glad to be back. Uh, let's crack on then, man. You go first. You you just shout the pain first. I'll start with <coughs> pain, and pain it is. So game week 19, this was the famous, I think, free hit game week, which you alluded to. I think it was free hit central. I did not free mm-hmm. hit, um, which means I do have that free hit now. Well, that's good. What I what I don't have is the points that a free hit would have given me for that game week. True. So, um, I came up with 37, 37 points. Um, yeah, I managed to get away with it a little bit. I had 10, 10 players start, well, not starting, but, you know, um, had minutes that week. Um, but yeah, 37, it was a red arrow, not terrible. You know, Lacazette kind of saved me a little bit there. Martinelli, so those... Um, those Arsenal assets. I had I captain Martinelli, which was annoying because I should have captain Lacazette, and that would have been kind of saved the game week even more a little bit. But Antonio as well brought him in, and he got an, uh, got a nice little goal that game week. Um, so yeah, apart from that, Diaz Cancelo with four points each, Ramsdale with the clean, and then just a like drip drab of kind of blanks apart from that really from Douglas Luis Gallagher Livermento um but 
37, not a massive red arrow, but red enough to be disappointed. Well, considering you didn't free hit, man, I think that's it's not a terrible week for you there. You've now got the you got the two free hit chips in your back pocket, which a lot of people don't have, including me. So, yeah, I think that's not. It's obviously not brilliant, but it's not an unmitigated disaster considering you didn't play your free hit. So I wouldn't be too down on that. That's what. And you beat the average. You beat the average for the week, which was thirty six. So. That's good because I do hate the average. So yeah, if you if you get below the average, you've got no one to blame but yourself have you really <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah what about the week just gone josh game week 20 how have you got on there oh, okay i do 20 game week 20 and then kick it to you so game week 20 yeah. one just gone madhouse did terribly so 27 oh, points um obviously there was a lot of very late calls or late information released about players being available gallagher was one of those um, James obviously got injured part way through the game week, so he only got one point, but 27 points overall for me. So, a, a greater red arrow Ouch. kicks me at around about 365,000 now. So, dropped out of that 200k bracket and into the 300k bracket, but not, yeah, not, not terrible. Um, Diaz and Cancelo thankfully got their cleans, Antonio and King returning with five points each. Apart from that, not a lot going on. The Salah captaincy, as was most people and with you, I think, very frustrating. Despicable. Yeah. The Miss Penn and an incredible save from, from Schmeichel should have, you know, should have been two, could have been a completely different story for us. Yeah. But um, that's it. I don't want to talk about mine anymore, Jack. Oh, Josh. Tell me about your game. Josh, your boy. Well. well, it's not much better. It's not much better. In fact, it's, I think it is worse. Is it worse? Let's see. So I think it's better. <clears throat> better better for both well, weeks. I did free hit in game week 19. So I played it. I think I was looking at six players um playing. So I just thought, you know what? They've given us an extra free hit. Get in the festive spirit, pull the trigger, um, and maybe get ahead of some of these, you know, some of some of the Joshes out there who aren't free hitting. But it didn't go that well, Joshua. I got 47 points. So only 10 more points than you, despite the free hit. And my defender saved me, really. My defender saved me. Thanks for the coffee. I've just been delivered a coffee. Uh, yeah, defender saved I had De Gea, Regulon, Lamptey and Cancelo in there. So they all returned points. So looking good. But then we moved to midfield, Josh, and it's, it's awful. Gallagher, two points. Bernardo, I kept Bernardo. In instead of going for another city mid, two points again from him. He's been a disgrace, can I just say? Over the I think they've scored 18 goals now since he last returned, and he hasn't had a single uh a single morsel of pointage in those, but we could talk about him later. I brought in Mason Mount, missed the open goal against Villa. That was frustrating. Son actually did all right for me with eight points. But like you, I had Martinelli. I captained a Ronaldo in one of the worst menu performances I've ever seen against uh, Newcastle. Uh, and Harry Kane was there as well. So bringing in six points. So yeah, not, it started well, Spurs, with the first game. I think Kane, Son and Regulon all getting returns. And then the rest of them just didn't really follow through. So 47 points. Green arrow, though. 
it was just about a green, I think. Yeah, it was a mini, it was a baby green. Um, but like when you have a lackluster week, the good thing about the Christmas period is the there's fixtures right around the corner. So I just had to wallow in a bit of disappointment for a day before the next game week kicked off, where I thought we'll make everything right here, Josh. Game week 20, the big 2-0. Uh, of course, reverting back to my non-free hit team. And it was awful, actually. Really bad. I got rid of Tommy Asu for Regulon, um, who, of course, got a yellow card, then got pulled off at halftime for zero points. Like you said, the Gallagher news came in. No Gallagher. Salah captaincy, zero points. Reese James injured after 27 minutes. And yeah, it was... Uh, I mean... <clears throat> excuse me it was just it was just it just became laughable how bad it got in the end I was laughing to myself um King and Dennis up top doing me proud getting the points in but the rest of them awful really really bad so yeah I think though it's just this was one of those it was bad luck I think I mean I, I know I said at the start of the pod it's if you get below the average, you can only blame yourself. And I do blame myself. But that kind of whirlwind of, it's like a perfect storm of bad luck when you get the regular James, Salah blank. I mean, Salah hasn't scored zero points ever, I think, in his whole Premier League history. So for that to happen this week when he's he's actually a bit of a differential this week, it was just, well, what can you do? Just laugh at it. So, yeah. Yeah, and this... That game week, as you said, with if you were a Salah captain, if you did captain Salah, that's where I envy the players that don't watch the games and didn't get the whole sense of watching it, thinking Salah's going to haul here because Liverpool were playing well early on, especially in the first half, dom- dominant probably throughout the game. Um, and that just made it even harder to watch because it was like, why is he not getting points? And so for the the team, the managers that will look and be like, oh, Leicester beat Liverpool 1-0 and Salah got zero points. Well, that's disappointing. That's a little the, a little emotional roller coaster. Whereas if you watch the game, my God, like that was 20 roller coasters all in one. Yeah. As a Liverpool fan as well, Josh, you must have been, it must have been, been slow torture watching that. Yeah. But, you can um, see it happening, can you, after the, after the penalty, you know, miss. And just Leicester have got it in them to to play well, and they shut the game down really well in the second half. I thought so. Um, yeah, fair play to them. Yeah, second half they they did well. But after that weathering, they truly weathered the storm in the first half, didn't they? That yeah, Schmeichel that one save with the right hand where he tipped it over the bar, incredible. And Mane dead to me. He's dead to me. Oh, how did he miss that? I mean, Jota, he's absolutely. He's just trolling us Jotter owners with those misses. That was uh, that was worse than the penalty miss almost, that, that one-on-one. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm glad I don't have him anymore. But, Josh, let's... We just, for the sake of our own mental health, we've just got to both move on there. Um, yeah, I'll just say I'm now I'm sitting at overall rank of 798k. So just the, the, all the good work the last few weeks negated by that one game week, as it can happen. I feel like a golfer, you know, just hitting par, little birdie here and there, just clawing back after a bad start and then just just hitting my ball into the lake over and over on that last hole, that last game week. The golf analogies. Yeah, just thought, yeah, why not? Um, 
Yeah. But there we go. 798K, you just got to keep on rocking, keep on moving forward. Um, yeah. And we will. We keep on rocking. Yeah. Let's cheer ourselves up with some XG and XA data, Joshua. Yeah. I've missed this. I've missed this segment. So same. Same. Again, a little reminder for those who haven't heard us talk about our XG and XA segment before. We look at the data from the last five game weeks, which, you know, for the last five have happened probably in the last two days. Um, but basically game week 16 to game week 20, we're talking about here. And we cover the top three XG performers and top three XA performers. So we'll start with XG. In third spot, Jack, is Lacazette with, you know, he's played 354 minutes. What I will say when I when we put these... these um, the stats together for this week. Very few teams had five game game weeks, five games, sorry, in these five game weeks because of all the cancellations. Um, mm. So Lacazette obviously didn't didn't play five. Um, so and that reflects in his minutes, 354 minutes. His XG is 3.62. Returned two goals and three assists within that. So for a player at 8.4, I think he is now price-wise, what are your thoughts on Lacazette? Yeah, I really like I really like him actually as an option. Um I I wish I'd got him. I really like him as well, it sounds stupid, but I like him having had been an option for the last for the Christmas period. I wish I'd got him in. Got Watkins, it was that Watkins or Lacazette split really on um I think I can't remember if that was the free hit week or the week before. But yeah, brought La- brought Watkins in and really wish I'd gone for Lacquer because I think the Abamyang, um so what I'm looking for where you banish someone from a country. What's that word? You exile. The exile of Abamyang <laughs> is uh is really he's really it's paying off for him really because he's the main man there now. Um and I think they've gotten the players around him have gotten better. So the ESRs, Sackers, Odegaards. And he's been um, he's been kind of feasting on that. I've always kind of thought he's been his finishing has been underrated. Like he can really smack the ball hard, can't he? I've seen like in the years gone by, I've always kind of wondered why he doesn't start every game. Um, I'm sure, Arsenal fans can can fill me in on why that is. But yeah, I like him. I like him. If Arsenal's fixtures weren't turning a bit rocky now, I'd be I'd be looking at him. I think. What about you? I mean, I've got him. Yeah, so he's been he's been good. I mean, Arsenal, as you said, look great. They've got a bit of a merry-go-round of form of their players, isn't it? Like they're taking turns almost of of who's who's playing well in over you know two three game weeks. Odegaard at the moment is looking really great for them. Sacco as well. ESR drops off a little bit, but Lacazette now that he's not sharing minutes with Aubameyang, like he's kind of almost stepped out of the shadow a little bit there. Um, and the assist that we've seen there, I think it shows as a direct comparison to someone like Aubameyang. He's more of an all-round forward. Um, he does play a little bit deeper, but he can get in the box and score. But he can also link up play. So, you know, for 8.4, now that he's not sharing minutes, I mean, that's a bit of a steal. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the fixtures coming up is a concern. City, Tottenham, Burnley, Wolves been a blank in 25 at the moment so it's not ideal but with forwards we go with form right that's what we say so, so yeah 
Yeah, I'd also like to add, Josh, thank you for adding the price in next to these players in your preparation for this. It's a nice new little feature. Saves us scrambling around on the Premier League site when we're when we say, Oh, how much is he again? And then we spend two minutes looking for the price. So thanks very much. Constant improvement of the pod. Gotta be prepared. Gotta be prepared. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh who's next on the XG, Josh, in second spot? It's Raheem the Dream, Sterling. So 270 minutes. I mean, classic City, he's not getting as many minutes as some of the other FPL assets you're comparing him to. But a massive 3.71 XG. Four goals, Raheem. Four goals. That's amazing. But, you know, you talked about price, 10.7. He's a bit bit more spicy there. Can I interest you in a Raheem the Dream Sterling, Jack? Uh, no, you can't really. <laughs> Just because of the just because of the price, and he's he's still in that rotation. I think he got benched. Did he get benched last game? Um, I think he I may have been. That, but yeah, they've... I think he may have been benched last game. Hence the two seventy minutes. But yeah, he's fair play to him. He's kind of under the radar. Had a bit of a resurgence in form. There's always seems to be with City one of those attacking mids that are definitely getting sold in January. You know, last year it was Bernardo Silva. Sure enough, he's had a resurgence. This year, I feel like it's been Raheem Sterling who's just out the door and suddenly he's back scoring four goals in in three weeks. So, yeah, you can't pay any heed to that. And you just don't know. It's like whack-a-mole. You just don't know which one's going to pop up next and and smash the form. It looks like maybe Foden's going to kick on now. Who knows? Um, but, yeah... The bad thing about Sterling, like you said, is that price, ten over 10 million, whereas the others kind of kick around seven and eight mil. So you can kind of afford to juggle between them a bit. So, yeah, Sterling's a no for me. Fair. Sound logic. Sound logic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll bring in the last XG and then I'll let you introduce the XA, Jack. So Great. Salah is sitting at number one, 346 minutes. An XG of 3.91, mm. only scoring two goals there. Um, and obviously his price is at max, max 13 mil. So um, we're going to talk about F- AFCON, but just as an asset, I think we both own him. Let's cover the elephant in the room, which is the big question everyone's asking is, with the blanks really in the last two, are you concerned about his output now? Uh, no, not at all about his output. Um, if he was st- if there was no Afghan, I'd definitely be keeping him and captaining captaining him most games. You know the fact he's top of this XG chart shows that he's getting the chances. Could have easily had a brace against Leicester with the penalty and and then the really good chance in the first half. I mean, yes, he's tailed off, not tailed off, but he's calmed down a bit in returns compared to his ridiculous start, which was unprecedented in like the history of FBL. So I think we can cut some slack a bit there. But he still looks still looks really dangerous, doesn't he? Liverpool still look good, I think. Um, yeah, the, the only question is AFCON, isn't it? And and what we do with him and things are gonna get interesting now in terms of in terms of the mix up. Yeah, so we're gonna take a deep dive spoiler of of AFCON kind of covering it in the quick fires. So yeah, won't dwell on that now. So um, but yeah, I agree with you. Salah's still the main, the main man in FPL. Um, yeah, the blanks are unfortunate, but he's still there. Yeah, I mean, he's got how many games left until Afghan? How many are we talking? So I've got. I think they're saying this game week twenty one is the last 
that um, yeah the Chelsea game assets will have in general before they join their um their squads because I think it's uh, it's like sixth of Jan or something isn't it uh, um, yeah it's kicking off so they need to be with their squads for like a week um, so it's kind of annoying game twenty one is your last last chance to play those assets before you got to get rid or yeah and that's against yeah that's against Chelsea isn't it so I guess like we said we'll talk about Afcon generally but with Salah the question you've got to ask yourself is do you keep him for the Chelsea game or get ahead of the sales curve with him and um and and move so it's a tricky one with Chelsea isn't it they are they're not quite they have dipped and did you see the Lukaku thing yesterday did oh, you see comments. that? What is he doing? What is that all about? Yeah, so he's so if anyone hasn't seen it, he's just come out and been like, yeah, he's basically not happy with Chelsea. Doesn't like the way Tuchel's playing. He really misses into Milan, but he's a professional and he'll crack on. But he's been scoring goals, so bizarre. I love how he bizarre. threw in that I'm a professional while I know lagging off the manager <laughs> and the team. <laughs> Yeah, very strange. Very, very strange. Belgians just they love it, don't they? They love just being outspoken and stirring the pot. It's a fan, it's great to see it. But if you're two chill or a Chelsea, one of his teammates there, you'd be like, mate, what's Can't happened here? So yeah, maybe Chelsea are imploding and, and Salah could, could do well there, but who knows? Um yeah, yeah one for a, a tough judgment call that. So yeah. Uh that's the XG XA. So the expected assist data, who is getting the best assist opportunities? Uh, and some good names here, some three names I don't think we've seen on this chart. So it shows how the, the kind of um, the meta is changing. So in third place, we've got Jared Bowen. 360 minutes, 1.91 XA. Three assists all in one game, I believe. Um, in the last game week, so yeah, to the delight of his of his fans, what do you think of of Bowen, Josh? Like him, I mean, you've been kind of talking about him for a while now, saying not how, buying him, not buying him, but talking not buying about him, him. But sure. you highlighted him as you know a potential differential pick when I think West Ham dipped a little bit, and the, you know the Ben Ramas, the Fornals, and the Antonios were dropping off, and you said actually, you know, Bowen's still kind of ticking along. And mm. actually, I think has you know been going up since then and got better. Um, what you would say is, annoyingly, he's playing well when the rest of his teammates are like Ben Rama's still not looking great. You know, for now, it's not really in the team. Um, Antonio is getting some returns now, but they're not purring like they were early in the season, and you're kind of guaranteed that someone's going to get some points. So, um, and like you said, zero goals the three assists all coming in one game, despite the underlying stats being there, he's, you know, he's not getting big, big numbers, but I think he's one of the more enticing kind of mid price mids at the moment, for sure. Um, but I, for me, although he's on the, the kind of long list of those mid price mids, I, I still think there's some really other good mids in there. Maybe slightly like Odegaard, for example. I know we'll get to him in mm. Mount, those kind of players. I think maybe because the teams they play and they, they might get more points than him. But still interested in him. I know you like him, Jack. Are you going to disagree with me? Yeah, I think I might need to just finally get him, really. I do <laughs> like him a lot. I do like him. And now, well, it was him and 
Madison I was looking at for this game week. And now, of course, the Leicester-Norwich game has been called off. So I think the gates are open for Bowen to, to come into my sweet embrace. And, um, yeah, I think it's finally time to maybe get rid of a, a Bernardo Silva and get a Bowen and get aboard the Bowen train. But I don't know, you know, as you know, I'm obviously going to wait until the, the last possible minute with the way things are now. But yeah, I really like Bowen. I think he looks so lively. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, a bit of a cough. Uh, he looks so lively, really confident. And things just, yeah, things just to be, go, be going through him for West Ham, even though they're not maybe playing as well, like you said, as they as they were. And at 6.6, that's a pretty good price for, for someone in that vein of form. So, so there we are. Yeah, Crystal Palace leads... Yeah, decent fixtures, I would say, for West Ham. So, there it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say is those three assists came against Watford, who haven't kept a clean sheet this year. Um, and they do look a little bit rubbish. But True. He, Bowen still looks good, has looked good in other games, apart from that, anyway. He has, yeah. Yeah, he tends to... He's a bit feast or famine, isn't he? And that's reflected in the price. But, yeah, I, I like him. I like him. Um, second, Josh, we've got an old favourite, a bit of a legend of the game, Kevin De Bruyne, finally making an appearance. Uh, XA of 2.07 from 350 minutes, three goals, one assist, still pricey at 11.9. With Salah departing, is Kevin on your radar? Yeah. I mean, the non, not over trying to overthink it, Salah to KDB is, I think, one of the most natural moves, them both being midfielders. Him really coming to form and looking like he's going to get minutes in games, whether it's coming off the bench or starting. Um, I like him. He's the Rolls-Royce midfielder. We know he's got it in him and he's starting to show it, I think, this year Mm -hmm. now. Um, I think it's just a fitness thing, maybe. During the season, he couldn't really string too many minutes together Whereas now he seems to have put a few games and minutes, whether it's not not whole 90 minutes, for example. But um, I think now that he's got that, he's really playing well. And his attacking threat is insane. Like looking at the highlights of of the last game, I know I know City only scored one goal, but the balls he was putting in, like... He puts in those crazy. lovely, fast, whipped crosses, doesn't he? Kind of Trent-style crosses, doesn't he? Really yeah. powerful and like bend, he bends them around the back of the defenders like no other player. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, and I think so. He's one of those players that often deserves his assist. You know, like Ronaldo got an assist this week, didn't he? Where he tried I mean, to shoot, he was dribbling. a shot. Yeah, Tomane ran onto it and he gets. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like KDB's assists often are he created that chance, like it isn't just accidentally. And I think he will do that all season when he's on the pitch. So. No doubt. Um, I love him, basically. I love him. It's great. Interesting. So, yeah, maybe a Kev purchase for Josh in the near future. Mm. Interesting. What What you, about you, though, Jack? If Bernardo, you know, do you want some stake in City? Is it a KDB? Yeah, I don't know. If He probably is my... I don't know. With the Fodens and Mares is doing quite well. I'm not sure I can bring myself to spend the premium on... on Kev. But I think he is, a price aside, probably the best option to go for for City. I don't know why I'm not totally sold on him quite yet. Maybe I just need to see a bit more of him. He's kind of had a stuttery last 12 months, I would say. Mm. 
as a as a player generally, hasn't he? Had quite a few injuries and things, um, but does seem to be to be getting the minutes under his belt now. So yeah, I don't, I can't, I've got no reason not to. Um, and maybe when I see that, when I sell Salah and see that price, that amount of money in my bank, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll lean more towards him. But, but yeah, City. I don't know, City. I've, it seems crazy to say because they have been smashing teams, but I'm not. They're not the best they've ever been. I don't think City. And maybe I'm just sort of holding them against an unfair comparison of their amazing teams in the past. But yeah, yeah, I might get him. I might get him. Who knows? Um, but yeah, but Kev's in number two, number one spot. Josh, uh, he's come out of nowhere a bit. This guy, but people are starting to talk about him. Uh, he's played three hundred and thirty-four minutes, two point four four xa, one goal, three assists. He's five point six million, and he is Odegaard. What's his first name? I just realised I didn't know it. Uh, Martin. Yeah, Martin. It's right. Martin. Yeah. It's it Big Martin. Mart. Uh, Arsenal, he's kind of the poster boy for Arsenal's resurgence, I would say. Martin Odegaard, thoughts? Yeah, again, like him, uh, like Marty, our mate Marty. Um, but the, the negative about him is, is he going to keep it up? And it's like, who, it's that merry-go-round again, isn't it, of, mm. of Arsenal mids? Is it, is it Martinelli this week? Is it Odegaard? Is it ESR? Is it Saka? Like, and... Yeah, he's got a bit of a purple patch at the moment. He's doing doing great, but like, is he gonna keep doing it? I, I, he's probably the one that I think will be streaky throughout the year. Whereas I think maybe Saka will have a more of a consistent output throughout the year, and he is definitely gonna, I think, keep his minutes. I thought that was maybe going to be the case for ESR, but his minutes have really dropped off since he had that injury, I think it was, wasn't it? And it was only a minor injury, but since he's come back, he's he's been really coming off the bench. So and scoring every game. And scoring every game. Bizarrely. Can he keep so that frustrating. Up? Like, well, yeah. surely <laughs> so he can't score every eight minutes, can he? Can he score every eight know. minutes? Maybe maybe Incredible. he's the best player of all time. Maybe. Um so that's my concern with Odegaard is if you've if you manage to bring him in ahead of this patch, great. But I'm not sure. It's like the Bernardo we had this conversation about Bernardo, didn't mm. we? We were like, we, we don't think he can keep it up. And that rang true. So I think that's probably going to be the pace, case for Odegaard. Um, Maybe. But... Yeah, I think with Bernardo, he was very much overperforming his XG and XA when he was in that hot streak. So it's maybe less of a surprise that he's now dipped in, in output. But Odegaard being top of this XA chart maybe suggests that actually he is the real deal in terms of chance creation. And watching them, I think he is more advanced and more of a centre point, a focal point than Bernardo is for City. Um, and seems to link well with with the Lacazettes and, and people. So, yeah, I think I'm a bit more maybe bullish on him than you are. Um, Saka, yeah, was brilliant the other week, the other day, wasn't he? But again, he's a bit streaky for me. It's tough between, and I'm sure ESR will start starting game soon. Um, I think out of all of them, Martinelli's been the false prophet, hasn't he? For us, he's really burned us the last um, the last couple of weeks after that brilliant performance um, where he got got the two goals. But yeah, yeah, Saka, ESR, Odegaard—they're all quite good picks, I think. 
Um, so yeah, tough one, tough one to call. Just don't buy Martinelli, I would say. <laughs> yeah, from experience, That's don't buy my Martinelli. one Arsenal tip of the week. Uh, good. So there we go, Josh. Three new faces: Bowen, KDB, and Odegaard. So great to great to keep it fresh and see that things are moving. Um, that's the XGNXA. Should we have a little break? Yeah, a little break, and then we'll move on to the quick fires. Good stuff. Lovely. See you in a sec. And we're back. So, Jack, quick fire questions, as promised. We've only got mm-hmm. three, but they're quite big. So, let's not, I'll stop referring to this as quick fire questions. Three big, juicy, slow fire, slow, slow fire, fire questions. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So, let's just jump in with the first one. Chelsea obviously have a bit of a crazy run of fixtures and blanks coming up. They've got Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, then two blanks. Not great. Um, are you avoiding Chelsea assets, bringing them in? And, and are you actively looking to get Chelsea assets out at the moment because of that? So first of all, they definitely got to... Are those two blanks because of a because of cup games, Josh? Is that why they're blanking? Very good question. Um, I think you're I'm right. Not sure, they are. They are one of the only teams that actually played five, didn't they, over the last five game weeks? Mm. So they haven't had any blanks in the last five because of because of COVID or anything. But I'm not sure of the exact reason of those blanks. But they're in. They're scheduled as blanks at the moment. In what was it after yeah. the Tottenham game? So four and five from where we are now. The fourth and fifth fixture from where we are now. Yeah. I mean, according to Ben Crellid, I mean, the, the fixtures are horrendous, aren't they? Let's put that out there. So they've got Liverpool, City, and then Ben Crellin says there may be a reschedule in there um, of them playing Arsenal or Brighton in that double game week 22. But I'd say that a double of Man City and Arsenal or Man City and Brighton is still not a very good double. Um, and if that happens, it probably means loads of other doubles are going to happen. So in a word, Josh, yes, I would say Chelsea are not looking a good good bandwagon to jump on, especially in light of what we mentioned earlier with Lukaku's recent comments. The fact that they're not even really playing that well anyway, um, on top of that, it kind of all sort of compounds to to make me think they're not looking, it's not good. It's it's not, I'm not interested. How about you? Yeah, yeah, like you said, bit of a storm of things matching up against them now, isn't it? Like Reese James, that injury could be quite bad. Rumors of mm. a tear. Like we'll wait to see, obviously. But if he's out even the medium term, they just don't have Chile, they don't have him. That obviously they we talked about their strength and depth, but that's got to affect a team with two big players like that kind of being out. And they you know, the results haven't been great recently. So going into a bad set of fixtures with poor form is is a kind of big red flag to me. So I don't think I'll be replacing James with any other... Because I've got James. Don't re- think I'll be replacing with any other Chelsea defensive asset. No, no not, not with these fixtures. I mean, Salah could give us a nice farewell party against Alonso, I think. That'd be great. Potentially this weekend. So, um, yeah, I mean, even like the Mason Mounts, I'm sure he'll get minutes, but I'm not sure he's he's got it in him to to resist these these fixtures and um, 
and the way Chelsea are playing. So, yeah, I think, would you get off Chelsea assets if you have them? Or would you would you kind of hold the Mason Mounts? If you're in the perfect world of not having to put any fires out, I think a lot of people are because of all the injuries and stuff at the moment. But mm. if you just had a choice of changing players out of preference, um, I still like Mount. I still think he's great. Um, even through tough fixtures, mm. I think that Chelsea's attacking output, <clears throat> they'll still score goals, maybe not lots and lots of goals. Um, I'm just a bit worried about their defence now with um, with all these troubles. So I wouldn't sell Mount, for example. But if you've got some of the other maybe less prolific players, like a Callum Hudson or Do- Adoy or like a Habits or someone like that, you'd probably be thinking about getting them out for a while. Like now's, now's the perfect time. Yeah, yeah, I think we're in, we're in agreement on that, aren't they? It's not Chelsea's time now. Their time will come again, no doubt, this season. But um, in the in the short term, get rid. Mm-mm. Great, good that stuff. Was, think, that was nice. a quick fire, I think. That was. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, what's the next one, Josh? Second question. Lot of talk about the rescheduling of these missed fixtures, so double game weeks potentially. We don't know anything for certain now. You referred, like alluded to or mentioned Ben Crellin's spreadsheet of like trying to predict these. Everyone's throwing out predictions. How mm-hmm. do we tackle this, Jack, as right. managers? Right. Well, shall I lay it out for the for the listeners? Please do. Let me get my notepads. I can jot down. What it might be. Like, yeah, get your notepads ready, people. Because this is so Ben Crellin, if you're not following him on Twitter, he's probably the only essential FPL account to follow on Twitter, I would say. Loads of good ones out there, but he's the one essential, unique account to follow. Because every year he puts together these brilliant spreadsheets that very accurately predict when blank and double game weeks are going to occur. Sometimes months and months ahead of schedule he's so clever with them um so you can then plan your transfers and things and chip plays around that ahead of time and he's got a pretty done it for years he's superb at it and he's the the go-to man so uh, yesterday he released what he deems are likely to be the double game week fixtures over game weeks 21 and 22 which are the next two game weeks so he does it as a kind of probability thing. So for game week 21, which is this weekend, there are a few teams that may have double game weeks, very late, lately planned double game weeks. And this is kind of unprecedented because it's so rare that we have so many last minute cancellations that he thinks we may have an unprecedented case where a double game week gets announced potentially even after the deadline. Um, so for game week 21, which starts tomorrow, you've got Burnley, Watford, Man United, Brentford and Everton potentially having double game weeks. Um, so, so those are the teams that if you believe, and he thinks that's 60 to 80% chance for those teams I've just mentioned there, that they'll have a double. There's a couple of this that he thinks there's a small chance, but those are the ones worth um, worth mentioning, really. So you've got Burnley against Leeds and a Watford or Everton. 
You've got Watford against Burnley or Wolves or Crystal Palace. Man U against Wolves and Brighton or Brentford. Brighton against Everton and United. Brentford against Villa and Spurs or Man United. Everton against Brighton and Leicester or Newcastle Burnley. So there's all these permutations because he doesn't know which ones they'll pick to reschedule. He just thinks those teams are, um, are likely to double. So I guess should we talk about 21 first, Josh, so this upcoming game week? Are you thinking about double, potential doubles for your transfer for this week, for example? I think it will come into play. I haven't settled on a specific... Well, to, to, to say I need to replace Priest James, basically, with this with this injury. So, yeah, it will come into play. But unfortunately, the list of players that I would like, can, potential candidates, like none of them would fall in into these potential double game weeks. So I guess what I'm saying is, personally, I wouldn't chase the double game week to be the most important thing to pick my player to replace mm. Reese James. I, even if that, one, sorry, Josh, even if one got confirmed today, for example, would you not chase that double with that replacement? If it was confirmed, then I'd still need to be happy with the asset. Obviously, I'm not just going to pick a Burnley defender because they've got sure. a double. It's got to be someone who was on that long list of, anyway um, to replace them. But if it was confirmed, then yeah, I think that would move up to become joint, like one of the, the biggest points, biggest factors of, of who I'm picking to replace Reese James. But with the with it being just a probability at the moment, like a chance of of them being replaced or not, um, I wouldn't put that as the most important thing is you know picking them from from their potential points and and you know the fixtures that they have over the five game weeks. Because even if you bring someone in for you know for the double here, there's still no guarantee. They're going to, you know, get the points, especially if defensive assets. Um, doubles often bring a, a higher risk of rotation anyway, because they're two game, two fixtures closer together. We've seen that often, um, especially for like attacking assets. They, they may get rotated because they don't want too many minutes. Um, so it, yeah, it brings its own risks. So you've got to be happy with your transfer for at least like three to five game weeks anyway, I think. Be yeah. happy that you may be stuck with them for that long. Um and if they've got a double as well, great. Yeah. Yeah. What about that's you? Sensible. Are you asking it saying that you <clears throat> really chase that double game week? I am a real sucker for the doubles. I really am. <laughs> sort of regardless of team, I really get lured in by that double fixture, that double fixture point there. But you're right. I mean, if Watford get a double, am I going to bring in a Watford defender? That even that might be too much of a stretch for me. Um, he has said, Krellin has said that he expects the announcement to be made by 6pm today. So this that's Friday. So we should know hopefully this evening whether, um, whether we're getting this double game week 21. Um, and it's just not looking that exciting game week 21. It just, it, those teams I've just mentioned there are just not, I mean, Burnley, Watford, Brentford and Everton are the most likely. I just think, you know, I mean, West Ham is one that I, that I didn't mention. He thinks there's 40 to 60% chance West Ham will get a Crystal Palace and Norwich double, which is pretty good, isn't it? I mean, that's pretty, that would be one where I definitely would target uh, some West Ham assets. And that makes Bowen, for example, a, a, a great target for me there. 
with Norwich's COVID situation, though, will that happen? I don't know if that's weighed into Crellin's predictions, the, how badly riddled the COVID team is. I'm not exactly sure how he determines these percentages, but but yeah. Um, yeah. In short, I'm a re- I am will definitely look at it hard if uh, if a team doubles, put it that way. Um, so that's that's 21. 22 is looking a lot more exciting. So he thinks it's basically 100% nailed that a few of these teams will have a double in game week 22. Um, so we've obviously got two weeks to plan for that. So I think, Josh, what we'll probably do is we'll probably have a dedicated podcast to that double once it gets announced. Um, if you agree with me on that, feel free to disagree. Off air. Off air. <laughs> I'm going to promise it on air. Slag me off off air. Uh, <laughs> but that's it's similar teams, though. So it's Burnley, Man United, Brighton, Tottenham, Leicester. Um, and then a host of teams that he thinks are kind of 68 to 80% chance. So Leeds, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. So it's a much more appetizing roster of teams that, that will double in 22. Um, so the question then becomes, is it chip time? Is it triple captain time? Is it bench boost time? Is it wildcard time? And those are the big questions we'll have to ask ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Big questions are coming out over from game week 22 onwards, really. Um, well, this week as well, but we're so close to the deadline now that we can't really be that reactive in plan or plan that far ahead, I don't think. No, no. And it's great. It's great, isn't it? Because normally an average season, you we just hold our chips till game week 33 or whenever. And just that last five set of game weeks is when we just explode all our chips onto it because that's... that's um, that's mathematically the best thing to do. But because of this crazy season, we've suddenly got an opportunity where chips can be played now or, and no doubt we'll have the usual set of doubles and blanks in game week 33 onwards, thanks to the the domestic cups and champions league. So it's a really, um, I like that kind of chaos, you know, it's, and that unique situation makes it, makes it more fun. And in theory gives the advantage to the more active managers like us where, um, keeping your finger on the pulse really pays off. So, so there we go. I think that rounds it off, Josh, for, for doubles and blanks, doesn't it? Um, yeah, this have a look today, if any get announced for this week. The longer time goes on, the less likely it would seem, I would say, but, but could happen. Um, and then we've got two weeks to fully, fully digest the implications of double game week 22. Yeah. Well summarised, you know where to look. Look at Ben and the bottom line is start factoring it in for your thinking. Yeah, I feel better now, actually, Josh. I was kind of getting a bit panicky. I mean, I, I can't remember when there's been so many factors at play. So the doubles, the COVID cancellations, AFCON, we're a day away from the deadline and we still don't know. I mean, this is unprecedented territory, isn't it? Uncharted waters of of being an FPL manager, isn't it? There's no, it's chaos, basically. Yeah. I mean, you can't plan, you can't really strategize, can you? It's, a lot of it's very reactive. But yeah, it's kind of a waste of time mean... listening to this <laughs> podcast, really. But what it does mean is when you, you know, when you roll the dice and it comes good, even bigger rewards. So that's what we're here for. 
It does, yeah. One of my mini league rivals, my work mini league rival, came 198th in the world this week with 91 points. And I was just, oh, God, Brett. I hated him. I hated oh, Brett, Brett. But, but respect to Brett. You know, he rolled that dice and, and you know, things came up trumps for him right. to conflate my gambling game analogies. But there we are. Yeah, that's double game weeks. What's the next quick fire, Josh? That was a slow fire. That, that was, was a slow, slow fire. It was, going, it was always going to be a slow fire. And this one, I can medium, somewhere in the middle. Medium but fire. Yeah. You've mentioned it, AFCON. So has to be factored into everyone's thinking now. It's going ahead. Um, we basically need to start covering what we do know and what exactly should be put into people's thinking and then it's down to everyone else to kind of use that as as they so choose so what we think we know now is that this game week game week 21 will be the last game week in which your african cup of nation players the ones that are being called up to their international teams will play in the prem so salah etc they're going to play this week and then they're most likely going to leave to join their squads because i think it starts you know like the 6th of january or something like that afcon so that's the first thing to consider. This is your last game week to play those players. So keep them. Or if you're looking to maybe get ahead of some transfers, if you've got a lot of, of AFCON players, you might want to start getting them out now to bring in non-AFCON players so that you're not just hit with them all not playing next week, for example. Um, so I'll stop at this point, Jack. Our, we'll cover that point first before we just get drowned in how long does AFCON last and what else are you going to do throughout the rest of Jan and Feb. But are you in a situation where you're going to be getting out AFCON players this week for game week 21, even though they could they are they could still play? Uh well, no, actually, Josh. I think I've only got one. And I think it's been confirmed today that he is staying. So Dennis, everyone's favorite Watford Menace, it's been announced today that he has been excused from the Nigerian national team to play, to carry on playing in the Prem, whatever that means. So presumably there's been a bit of pressure on, on Nigeria to, to not let him, um, to let him stay. He wasn't a regular in the team before. So, so whatever happens there, whatever's happened there has meant that Dennis is, is staying. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm sort of safe unless I'm being blind. I don't have any other issues there, but that's that's my one piece of Afghan news is that Dennis is sticking around. Um, and Salah, yeah, of course. Salah. <laughs> I, was, yes, I thought you were coming around. Salah. No, like, not nah. coming around. Salah's such a default staple. I'd, I'd always forgotten about him. Um, as it stands, I'll be keeping Salah in for this week, this last Chelsea week. I feel like he'll he'll want to go out with a bang. He's more of a differential now than ever, and Chelsea have their issues. So I think for me, barring a, well, I don't know what would have to happen if for me to, to get Salah out, really. Um, like you, I've got a Reese James to deal with. Maybe a Conor Gallagher. I want Jared Bowen. There's, there's those other pressing issues for me. But yeah, um, I'm not, for, from a personal perspective, I'm not, not too concerned about AFCON. How about you? Same. I don't have Dennis anymore. I got him out a couple of game weeks ago anyway. So I've, it was only Salah, and I want to play him this week, same as you. I think he's yeah. a big game player, and he will get something. Um, so, yeah, not going to be doing anything this early. 
So that switches on to this, like the kind of next phase of the AFCON planning, which is you know, how long are these players going to be gone for, especially if you're getting rid of Salah um, or some people might want to hold him. So the reports are obviously it depends how far they get through AFCON. Um, Egypt, in Salah's case, apparently are one of the favourites. And that means that, you know, the final, I think, is at the beginning of Feb. So I think it's the, the kind of end of the first week of Feb. Um, so what that means, actually, because of how the game weeks lie at the moment, we've got a big break after game week 21. Um, you know, they're only missing two to three that actually overlap with the AFCON fixtures, depending on how far they get. They get to the final, that third game week um, probably isn't going to be possible for them because I think it's literally 24 hours after the final. Um, right. But yeah, they could only, if Salah got to the final, he could only be missing three game weeks, for example. Um, he may need a rest afterwards. That's that's something else to consider then, but three game weeks. So that's the next question to you, Jack. Someone like Salah, or if they're considering someone else, someone you really want to keep after AFCON, are we saying get rid or hold? It could only be two weeks. If they get knocked out, for example, he could be back in two weeks' time. So what's your approach to that? I think Salah is too expensive to keep on your bench for consecutive weeks, even if it is two weeks for me. There's too much opportunity elsewhere in the game to spend that money. Um, oh, it's tough, isn't it? Because he's got, if most people will have had him raise in price while they've had him which means it's harder to bring him back in once you sell him. But, yeah, there's just too much. I, I don't know. As I'm saying this, I don't know the answer to that. Is Keeping him on your bench isn't a terrible, terrible move, but it depends on if there's other players you want to get. If you, if you really want Kevin De Bruyne, there's no other way than to sell him, is there? So... And, you know, with Spurs' resurgence, are we going to want Son and Kane? You know, there are other premiums now that that are starting to to come okay again. Ronaldo's ticking along. I mean, yeah, I can't see myself holding him, personally. But I can definitely see myself wanting him back, and maybe that will cause a headache for me. So it's a bit, it's tricky. It's tricky. That, that length of time that you've just outlined there, isn't makes it not straightforward selling him i would say what about you do you think you'll sell him i think so just because of the needing to use that cash really um it's just too expensive a player 13 mil to hold on to um but you're right the way it's fallen this year you know in our heads we're all thinking you know it could be kind of four five six game weeks and that's just like well they've got to go for sure but mm. um like you know, two, two to three is is not terrible, really. And I know it, that it could become a three to four because if he's just come back, he may need a rest. But, um, but yeah, it does make it a harder decision. Um, but I would personally, I'm getting rid of him because I think after game week 21, most likely just because of the cash and wanting to get people like KDB in in the interim to maximise the points return. Um, but that's because I like yeah. KDB. I'm not doing it because like, oh, I need to use that cash somewhere else. I, I want KDB, therefore I need mm. the cash. It's that way around. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is you'll really kick yourself if you gamble on the, it being two weeks and he does make the final because two weeks will go by 
And suddenly there's another two weeks without him. And at that point, you're like, well, it's only two more weeks, so I'll hold him. So you'll probably get into that sunk cost fallacy issue of, well, I've held him. It's been two weeks and there's only two weeks to go. But that's four weeks where you've had 13 million on your bench. So you'll get into that muddy waters. You probably are. You'll feel for your own mental health, you'll feel better selling him, I think. Um, and then he's, he's, he would be only two moves away, two transfers away from getting back anyway, if you didn't, even if you didn't keep the money in your bank, wouldn't he? There's all, exactly. You can get anyone in in two moves generally. So, yeah, sell him. It's sell Jack's him. advice. The yeah, conclusion. definitely um, sell him. Um, so the only final point I was going to mention on AFCON, not, it's a kind of effect of AFCON, the players leaving, is obviously that means that there's chances for other players. So some of the biggest knock-on effects is we've, we're seeing already, like Aubameyang, obviously, if you went, I don't actually, Gabon are, are in there, but um, um, Leicester is one of the big ones because Iheanacho and Daka will be going. If I've understood rightly, I think I've got that right. So that means, you know, they've both been getting minutes recently. Maybe not massive, massive minutes, but they both have been getting minutes. So that kind of clears that front line quite a bit. Um, and even if it's not just in, you're looking at the other players, but it could affect the performance of teams. So like Thomas Partey, for example, um, Mendy for Chelsea at the back um, in goal. That, you know, changing the goalkeeper has been pretty consistent there. So, mm. all things like secondary effects to be considered. I mean, Liverpool, Mane and Salah going, what's who do you think will be the front three of Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, Bombi's come back, so that's good. So, Firmino, I think, will step in immediately. Jota's obviously the natural yeah. successor and it has been playing anyway. And it's just that kind of third in the three prong attack. And you know, it's either could be someone like Alexander, um, not sorry, uh, Oxo Chamberlain, who's been there anyway, kind of in the team because of injuries or you know COVID-related absences, or it's probably Divock Origi. Um, Minamino is also there, but I think Origi is the most natural of the three-pronged. Minamino only really replaces um, Bobby Firmino, and because he's there, I expect Firmino will play through the middle. Jota will play off the left or right, and then Origi or Oxlade Chamberlain will play off left, left or right as well. So, right. Do you think there's any credence to the the Trent rumours of Trent pushing forward, or do you think he'll stick at right back? They remain rumours. I mean, we've not seen anything again in games or training, or any yeah. comments from coaches or Klopp to say that that's going to happen. And then actually. Right. It's been a while since Klopp's commented on it, so maybe it's changed since, but the comments were basically along the lines of, he's one of the best right-backs in the world, why would you change his position? So fair. it was actually more to say that you know he's going to stay as a right-back. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it'd be great to see. It's just a hopeful thing from me. Yeah. But I think keep... keep. Tra- I mean, the question then becomes, with just sticking on Liverpool, becomes if Salah goes, do you... Still triple up on Liverpool. I see all sorts of people saying Robertson is the best Salah replacement because you've got, you'll then have Trent Robbo and a Jota or, you know, uh, yeah. Do you think Robertson's a better third Liverpool player to bring in with Trent and Jota as well as other than, say, an Origi or a Oxlade? For me, 
probably not. I mean, I'm looking to make that straight switched from Salah to like a to KDB, for example. Um, oh, sure, and yeah. Then, and that means that you've got to, because the, the position obviously difference as well as two moves, isn't it? So um, to want to do that. So it's just a little bit too much with too many fires to put out. Um, and, you know, there's people like Sun as well, even if you're not going KDB, if you haven't got Sun, just the, the Salah to mm. Sun is it's just a, quite an easy move. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Good. Well, time will tell. Time, time will tell. tell. Yeah, I mean, on the less just on the Leicester one. Yeah, I mean, you'd think Vardy Vardy's a more of a lock than he's ever been there, but maybe a Harvey Barnes moves more forward. Maybe a, I mean, Madison was one I was looking at before this cancellation. He looks like a reborn player lately, Madison. Yeah. Um, you know. Definitely one to look at. That's all I'm saying there. One to look at. No other insightful one advice. Look at, look, at, look at him. <laughs> look at him. Just keep looking. Um, anything else on AFCON, Josh? Or are you happy? I think that's it, isn't it? They're playing yeah. this week. Roughly know how long they could be out for. Plan accordingly. Sure. Good stuff. Thanks, Josh. You're our AFCON correspondent, really, there. AFCON correspondent calling in. Mainly... Mainly just, you know, from the FBL community. Cheers, guys, for doing all that work. Love it. Yeah, we're just passing it on. <laughs> uh, cool. Okay, so that's the quick fires, Joshua. We're done there. Should we move on to just some key fixtures for this week that, we, that we've highlighted? Or that you've yeah. highlighted, I should say. I think we can be quite quick with these because, um, like we said, there's so much else going on. We can just fire through and think who, who's going to be good and what we need yeah. to happen. So... Let's just do it. Um, first one, Watford at home to Spurs. Mm-hmm. Obviously, pick this one because a lot of people have assets in both camps there. Are you playing your Watford? Are you playing your, your Spurs assets? What's what's going on going on? Yeah, I mean, what yeah, I'm not not delighted having I'm benching King probably and playing Dennis. Um, fully expecting that to backfire because King's again, King's got the underlying stats, but Dennis seems to be getting the goals. So I'm just going with the goals. Um, maybe that's a bad bad move but I'm anti-stat with that pick Dennis just seems to get a goal a game at the moment I don't really expect anything from either of them against Spurs Watford looked pretty woeful the other day despite getting that initial goal and Spurs look a lot better so I felt, yeah I'm quite I've got Regulon but I'm, again I'm a bit worried he's not going to play but yeah Son and Kane I wish I had them for this fixture really um, yeah, I think they're they're looking. Conte is transforming them. So yeah, Spurs, Spurs are one to watch. I'd say even captainable, a son or a cane. If you're uh, if you're feeling bold, would you concur with that? Completely agree. I'm worried for Watford um, and annoyed. I don't have the the top attacking Spurs assets because I think we said before. I think I'm right in saying that Watford haven't kept a clean this year. They look so leaky. And surely mm. Son and Kane are going to run riot. So, yeah, if you've got, if you're lucky enough to have them, just enjoy the game week, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> uh, next fixture, Josh. Let's keep rattling through. Arsenal at home to City. So probably a lot of assets sat around these. A lot of different assets as well. Are you going to play your Arsenal attacking assets? Are you going to play your City defensive assets, for example? Um, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, Arteta against Pep. I feel like Pep tends to get 
the the edge over him in these games. And City are better than Arsenal, despite the recent form of Arsenal. So yeah, I don't expect much from Arsenal assets in this one. I don't. I'm not scared. For once, I'm not worried about Smith Rowe coming off the bench and banging one in. Although he may well do. Um, Arsenal could score, but I think of all the fixtures they they're going to get, this is one not to worry about them. Um, I don't have any Arsenal assets, I'm not, so I'm not worried about them this week. City assets, I'm going to probably play Cancelo, although he had that horrible, um, horrible experience yesterday getting robbed, didn't he? His family got held up by four robbers. Um, so I think reading today, City have sent like some support over to help him, and they're going to decide today whether he travels to to the game. So it could be Cancelo out this week. Um, and I've got Bernardo Silva, but I'm probably might be selling Bernardo Silva for for a Jared Bowen. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not for either team. I'm not scared of this fixture because of who because they're playing each other. But essentially, how about you? Yeah, I think my heart tells me that I think City will control the game and it will just be a kind of one one nil, not, nothing too too crazy. Because I think you know Pep will be wary of Arsenal's form recently and Arteta kind of having a little bit of some of the trade secrets of, of City a little bit. Isn't he? Like he knows he knows how they tick. So yeah, yeah, but I I'm not that confident for, for Arsenal. Annoyingly, I am tripled up on them at the moment which is mm. Ramsdale Martinelli and Laka so I think I'm gonna have to probably bench someone like Martinelli and just have faith in in Ramsdale and, and Laka that they might might be able to do something but I've also doubled up on the city defense so here's hoping for a nil-nil yeah same so I think Ramsdale could I mean he'll make some saves I'm sure yeah so I don't think he's the worst goalie to have yeah I don't think he's the worst player to have in this fixture at all um, final one, Josh. Chelsea against Liverpool. Always a big game. What are you expecting from this one? Mm, yeah, it's going to be massive. I mean, obviously, the, the first fixture at Anfield, that setting off kind of ruined the game a little bit and it kind of killed it off a little bit. But um, mm. I think it's still going to be a cagey game. Liverpool obviously playing very well at the moment. Chelsea stuttering, but Chelsea at home. So I think I can see it being a low-scoring kind of tactical battle, really, if I'm honest. Um, I'm hoping it's not, but that's what I can see it happening. So like a kind of draw to either team winning 1-0, really. It's, I don't think there's much in it. It's so hard to call. Um, yeah. But play all your assets because, you know, because it's so hard to predict. If you've got Chelsea Liverpool assets, it's probably because they're very good players. So just play them. Yeah, I'm leaning much more towards Liverpool on this one. I think they'll oh. beat them. Yeah, I think they'll beat them. I think Salah, it'll be like a farewell game for Salah and Mane for the next few weeks. Alonso against Salah. I think Salah will, Salah could run him ragged, really. Alonso didn't look that good when he came on for James. He kind of knows that he's not first choice, doesn't he? So it's a bit of a, a, bit of a weird one. Um, and yeah, Chelsea just haven't quite looked up to it. Lukaku's comments, that should... In theory, rupture the squad a bit. Yeah, I think Chelsea are there for the taking for Liverpool. So it's whether you captain Salah or not is the big question. And that's the big question. And with that, should we move swiftly on to our plans for the week for our teams? Yes, sir. So I, I could do mine because I've got my team up right now. Sounds like. good. Go for it. Um, Go for it. James is the one I need to get rid of. 
So. Yeah, he's out for six weeks, they've just announced. I think as we've been doing this pod, he's he's 100% out for six weeks, which is sad for him. But Yeah, and, you know, it's even beyond that. You don't know how quickly they, they, they're going to want to get, a, get him back in, but you don't know if he's going to be playing 90 minutes straight off the bat for that as well, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah he's got to go after six weeks. Um, and it is really just a case of who do I bring in? And mm. I'm not really... I'm not really set on anyone. I'm actually looking maybe at a cash Jack. Matty. Yeah, potentially. I, mm. I think Stevie's solidified the defense a little bit. And but he is, I think, still around the five million mark, which is a if he was four point five, I'd jump on him straight away. But yeah. But yeah. Not Matt Cash. Yet. He's a, he made a silly error the last game and the Villa fans are on his back a bit. He gave away a silly penalty that he that he shouldn't have done. Um, against Chelsea, but yeah, he is. He get he puts crosses in, and he and he yeah he gets gets chances. And Villa are rumored to have the double double. Um, could potentially have a double in twenty one and a double in twenty two because of those cancelled fixtures. So yeah, I don't think Matty Cash is a bad a bad option at all. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that as a concert as well, he gets chances, but I think Matt Cash would probably be the defender, the Villa defender I'd go for as well, if you're going for a Villa defender. Lovely. And then, apart from that, Salah captaincy, I'm still going to back him. And it's mainly because the lack of other options that I have. So, mm. um, apart from that, my only other attacking assets are like Antonio King, like Antonio away to Crystal Palace. I've just... He's not done quite enough recently and West Ham haven't been quite no. good enough. Palace so, are good, aren't they? Palace are pretty good. They are as well, yeah. So, yeah, I'm back in Salah. Cool. In hope. In hope. Yeah, give, he'll give you a farewell. Farewell, Hall. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. What about you, um, Yeah, I'm torn again, Josh. I feel like I'm always torn <laughs> when we do this. But, um, but I've got James as well. And with that, I was set on just benching James this week. But with the Cancelo doubt of Cancelo may not play, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, let's get rid of James just in case Cancelo doesn't play. But I've got Cody on the bench who will play as, back, as potential backup there. But then Gallagher's a doubt. I mean, what I really want to do is bring in Bowen for Bernardo Silva. But that's, that's like an aggressive, positive luxury move. Whereas is the sensible move to take out James maybe for a cash or somebody like you're saying? Um, oh, I just don't know. I don't know with James. I'll have to move James out either this week or next probably. But do I do I do that instead of the bone move? I don't know. I need to. I'm just gonna just gonna let it stew today and and then decide before the deadline tomorrow. I think which one I go for. Do we know about Gallagher if he's it says illness, but I haven't heard anything else about him. No, it was really late news, wasn't it, of him not playing in the last game. So mm. okay, it's Norwich, annoyingly. But um, yeah, no, no news, no idea. I think there's a lot of a lot of reason to to wait to hear about those doubles anyway for the planning, isn't it? So I think it's way up to the deadline again, which has been the the message for the whole of the season, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a, I'm tempted by a Spurs defender as well. Um, I've got Regulon, but as I say, I'm not too confident about him. Um, yeah, maybe an Emerson Royale. 
He's been playing, hasn't he? I don't know. I don't know if I got rid of James, who I'd get. Like you're saying, there is it's slim pickings, really, with defenders really at the is. moment. It really is. That's part of the problem. But yeah, I'll do something. That's all I can say. Something will happen. Um, and even captaincy, I'm not set on. I'm not as yeah, I'm not as confident with Salah, even though I think Liverpool will win that. I just but like you say, there's who else is there unless you've got a Spurs attack. If I had Son or Kane, it would go to one of them, I think. I think it would. And that would be the first time I've deviated from Salah in, in a long time. But it may just have to be a, a Salah job. There's a lot of well-matched fixtures this week, I feel. Yeah. Which makes it tough, isn't it? There's no heavily an imbalanced swings where you could be like, yeah, that asset's going to haul. Um, yeah, apart from the Spurs game. Basically. Apart from the Spurs game, yeah, which yeah. is going to help probably a, a smaller number of managers. So um, for the rest of us, let's just pray that Spurs blank. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> agree. Good. Okay. I think Great. that's it, Josh. I think we're that done. That is it. Another, the first time we've done a full one for a while. So it's been good. Um, yeah, felt great. Felt good. Yeah. Do the um, classic. Uh, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube as well or follow everything. Um, we appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Uh, email us yeah. as well. Another FPL podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, and check out TikTok as well, Jack, because you've been kicking on with the um, algo updates on there. Yeah, we've been TikToking. You put another good one on, update the free hit chip. That's been our most popular talk, Josh, ever. So well uh-huh. done on that update. Yeah, over a thousand little little views on that. So I love that. Good. And then you had your walk, uh, your post Christmas walk. Yeah, I filmed Check a despairing out. Christmas walk after my failed free hit. So <laughs> yeah, if you want to see me kind of contemplating life, check that out as well. It's a good watch. Oh yeah. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, and good luck this week, listener. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Adios. <laughs>